You're now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. What's going on, soccer fans, and welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out today at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is John, and as usual, I am joined by my co-host and co-founder of the Sacktown FC Network, Luis. Luis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm uh, doing good things. Uh, you know, just here, hoping that the smoke finally gets cleared out. Uh, days have been much better here in the past uh, couple of days, uh, even though we did have those uh, dry thunderstorms on Sunday, but you know, here's hoping that everything gets better so we can all go back outside and uh, go out for a hike. I've been wanting to go out uh, for a long hike, but, you know, with the air like this, it's kind of difficult to <laughs> be outdoors uh, for a long time. But, yeah, um, yeah. aside from that, uh, you know, really excited to finally have a date for the Orange County game. Hopefully we get to see our uh, teammate here, Seth, playing that game. I think it would be uh, great to... To see him out there and uh, to to see his team lose, of course, would be a neat thing to you know just you know talk to him and whatnot. But you know we'll see. How about you? How are things going? And this weather, uh, school's back, so the the grind has started, right? Um, with this weather, the smoke can't really get out for a uh, for late tea time, and I just can't wait for the smoke to clear to uh, be able to get outside a little bit more and do some fun activities, but. We'll see. In time. In time. So this podcast is powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer, while at the same time creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at Reboot.Soccer, where you can find out more ways to be part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find them at You Can Reboot on Twitter and Instagram and online at Reboot.Soccer soccer so if you guys haven't visited our website yet you know we invite you guys to check it out uh, you can find it at sacktownfc.com on the website you can find all of our episodes uh, so you can also listen to our show on there uh, you can also find out more about the squadron which is our supporters group uh, it is actually hosted through patreon and you can find it again on the website we have a link there on the home page or you can directly visit Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash sacktownfc and you'll be able to check out more about some of the amazing perks that you can get if you join that group uh, at a really low cost uh, and it really does help us out a lot because uh, we do have a lot of costs that we incur with the podcast and also with being able to stream our online shows as well. Um, if you prefer just do a one-time donation, we do have a tip jar and you can look out for that on the show notes on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, it should be there on this episode's show notes as well. Another thing you can find on our website is a link to our official Sacktown FC podcast scarves. Uh, they were created by Roughneck Scarves, uh, really great material, summer style, so perfect for this time of year. And even for the non-summer months as well, because it is super light. So you can really take it anywhere 
and uh, have it there with you as well. So thank you to everyone who has joined our Patreon and who has bought a scarf as well. Uh, we really appreciate it. And again, uh, your support really helps us out a lot. Hey, before we get started tonight, I want to give, uh, want to bring mention, uh, I want to send a shout out and a thank you to Lisa Reitzman, who joined the Art Cup of Tea last night for a conversation about the new facility that they have uh, in down in Sacramento here. Uh, a great opportunity for many people to get volunteer hours, to donate, to participate. Uh, they're going to be running adult leagues, um, youth leagues, youth opportunities for those who are less fortunate, and also the um, Ladies First initiative that they just brought in to work with UC Davis Health as well as the California Storm in giving more opportunities for women in the Sacramento area. So check them out at um, streetsoccerusa.org and your affiliate would be the Sacramento um, partnership. But uh, tonight's a special night as we actually bring back a longtime friend. So um, everyone, as promised in the last pod, we'd like to welcome back a fan favorite Sacramento Republic player. Uh, we refer to him as a podcast magic because the game after uh, that podcast recording, that first interview we did with him, he scored twice versus Monarchs in that preseason friendly this year. Uh, you can also find him on the Liverpool default team on FIFA 14. He's been with the Republic since 2017. Joining us via the McQueenie Dreamline, Billion, BJF. Billion, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for, for having me again. We got to work that podcast magic, um, keep our streak going, and then uh, help me get a couple more goals. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully against T2, uh, which, you know, could be, could be, it's T2, so. I don't, I don't know what you guys have been, been saying to each other, but looking at what T2 has given up in terms of goals with that 20, that minus 20 goal differential, I really expected us to come out and just blow them out of the water like everybody else, but we still beat them. Is it one of those things that now could potentially be a mental thing carrying over, like knowing that that team, that win could be swagger, uh, could give more swagger to the squad? Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, you guys know how soccer is too. There's no, like, yeah, you have a team that has a bad record, but it doesn't mean they're a bad team. Um, and sometimes when you have a record like that, you play even freer because you have nothing to lose, right? They're more or less kind of out of contention for playoffs and they're just really pushing to develop young players. So they want to play their own style. They're trying to play without any pressure, without any expectations, um, and when you play a team like that, it's almost harder, uh, especially when you're you're kind of coming in as a favorite and people here and there expect you to win and expect you to get all these results and all these goals. So um, I definitely wouldn't say we see it as like it's going to be an easy thing or an easy game. But, of course, it's a game that we want to win. And like any game, we want to score five, six goals, you know, whether we're playing T2 or Reno or whoever it might be. So the first question I, you know, the, the T2 game, as you just mentioned, it seemed to be the game of two halves. The first half, uh, they got a great opportunity through the midfield, a uh, little cheeky ball that went in and, and they made a good turn, got a Hayden off guard and turned the other way. So when you look at it, how is this being addressed from either Mark or you guys internally to go back in the halftime and have those conversations like, Hey, we need to step this up. We need to do this better because whatever the conversation's been, it seems to work. 
how are you guys working on just the communication and making sure everybody keeps their head up to continue this win streak? Uh, it's a bit of just good leadership from our older players, you know, Roro talking, uh, making adjustments, Tomas from the back line, you know, um, telling us what he sees at halftime, you know, Cam from the front line encouraging us, um, telling us, you know, keep doing this or doing that, or, hey, this was working, let's do this a little bit more. Or um, when I, guys like Carlton telling us, oh, when I'm making this run, the guy's not following me, like, look for this. So it's just that communication at halftime of players kind of, instead of coming in with our heads down or coming in, you know, complaining about this or that, we come in with the attitude that, look, it wasn't our best half, but we have 45 more minutes to fix it. Here's what I saw that could help us fix it. And then other guys give their input and then coach will come in and talk and tell us what he's seen. Um, obviously from the sideline, it's a little different. You can see more of an overall picture than when we're on the field. And then when you get all those inputs put together, you kind of have an idea of what you want to do and how you want to execute the second half. And then that's the key word right there, I think is execution. Um, if you don't execute, it looks like a bad half. Had we executed and scored, you know, two or three of our chances in that first half and defensively executed and not allowed them to score and you come in at halftime at 3-0, it's a completely different story. Whereas the second half we did execute. We didn't let them score. We scored our chances. Um, their keeper even made another amazing save in the second half on Drew's shot. So that could have been another goal, but it all comes down to that clinical execution. So talking about that game, uh, like, you know, we, we continue talking. It, it was really a, a tell of two halves, just like Coach said. Uh, what was that halftime talk like? Uh, because, you know, we did see a different team in that second half. Uh, Drew, I think, uh, realized that some mistakes were made and it seemed like it seemed like it was a completely different team and, like, you guys are more motivated even though we were uh, still losing. Well, the talk was, like I said, guys came in, we – we all said what we thought we could fix. Uh, obviously, the half was done, so there's no sense in, you know, complaining about this or that. Instead, guys came in and said, look, we need to do this, this, and this. And, you know, the, another guy said what he saw. And then when you put those things together, you kind of have a game plan of what we think will work. And then coach will come in and tell us, like, hey, this is what I saw. This is what we need to do. Um, he'll rile us up a little bit and get under our skin and tell us, like, look, nobody's, you know, putting tackles in. You guys aren't playing hard. It doesn't look like this, that. Or the other, it's, you look a little unmotivated. And obviously no one's unmotivated. We all want to win. So when you're down 1-0, you kind of come out with a little bit more fire, a chip on your shoulder, um, because none of us want anyone to think that we're not trying or not giving our best effort, because we are. Uh, like I mentioned, just some games, our chances go in. Some games, they don't go in. Um, and obviously that comes with training on the on the week. Um certain uh, trainings that we do to work on crossing and finishing as opposed to shooting on top of the box, uh, the runs we make into the box, the guys that we expect to make those runs. Those are all the things we work on during the week. And But at halftime, it's just coach pretty much motivating us, getting us fired up, yelling at us a little bit to wake us up if we're not you know, fully clicking. And then the players in general saying like, hey, I see this this through ball will work or, you know, Cam saying when I make this run, it opens up the space behind me. And then like Darek or Carlton or Sam will expose that area as well. Um, just those little things. And when you talk about that at halftime and come out and then execute that plan, I think that's what's kind of separated the first halves from the second halves. 
You know, one thing is I've noticed um, since the first Reno game, the duels and the physicality of the team has started to pick back up a little bit. And coach kind of said, Hey, we need to be more physical. We need to get after players and we need to put ourselves in a position to, to show, you know, put our dominance in, in strength and physicality into the match, but at the same time playing the game we want to and not taking ourselves out. Would you say that's kind of what we, what we saw in the second half against T2 was the physicality started to pick back up a little bit? I think so. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, offensively, obviously, we want to play nice soccer. We want to keep the ball. We want to move it, uh, manipulate the the defense in a way that you know we want to slide them to the left and then attack up the right. Or if we're attacking on the wings a couple times and go down the middle, so manipulate them. But when we don't have the ball, it's kind of got to be a, a different switch. It's not just in general. Defense doesn't need to be as pretty. We don't need to just like poke at the ball or you know, have the cleanest slide tackles. Sometimes you got to get into those 50-50 tackles, shoulder to shoulder. Just really put your body in there, be aggressive, be strong, and put in like a really hard tackle. And I think we did do that a little bit better in the second half. There's been, you know, moments um, throughout the season so far where we've lacked that physicality. And I think at the same time, there have been moments where we've shown that we can also be physical and just kind of being more consistent with it will help us put together a more complete performance. So we had talked a little bit about expectations uh, back in March, um, you know, as it related to what the expectation from the team is. Is that expectation still, hey, we're going to go out and win every game? Has it shifted a little bit with, you know, the win streak and some of the results, especially after the Galaxy result? Is the, is the momentum, is the season as good or better than you anticipated? Uh, it's a different season than I had originally anticipated, obviously with COVID and the way the, the whole break in between. And then the way the games are structured now um, playing the same teams over and over again. Uh, it's definitely different. So I wouldn't, I can't really say if it's better or worse in terms of how we're playing. I think it's good um, given everything that's happened, the way we're playing now and the results we have um, I think are good. I would say they're meeting expectations. Our goal is to make playoffs and win the championship. So if we, if we make playoffs in the second seed in our bracket and go on to win the championship, no one's going to talk about like, oh, they won it, but they got second in their group, right? It won't matter at all if you win the championship. And I think that's our, our ultimate goal as a team. Um, to give ourselves the best chance to win the championship, we want to win every game. Because if you come in in that first seed, I think you play the second seed in the, the other bracket in the playoffs the first round. So that's obviously kind of helping yourself uh, go further in the playoffs. As far as the win streak goes, um, I think these are their games we should be winning. We're happy we're winning. And a big thing that we talk about is win kind of at all costs. So when we win a pretty game and we're playing well and scoring goals and it feels great, that's three points when we're grinding nonstop against Reno and elevation and everyone's giving it their all and we win one zero off a penalty. That's also three points. So at the end of the day, um, I think we'll just be happy if we continue to pick up three points and keep winning games. And I think the more games we play, the more consistent we are getting and the more areas we are able to work on and get better at. Yeah, and it definitely provides that motivation, really, right, to to get that winning streak, to 
really have that confidence to, you know, keep moving up in the in the group. And, you know, now essentially we're looking at, at a battle between uh, Sacramento and Reno, really for that first spot. And, you know, the group B, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. J- John, John thinks that Tacoma might have a chance still too, but, you know, it's looking like you're either going to get one of two rivals, Orange County or Phoenix. Uh, you, we just won't know who it is. We were talking about it uh, in the previous podcast. Uh, could end up being Orange County first, could end up being second, but uh, I, I wouldn't put Phoenix as a number one uh, for sure anymore. But, you know, I, I think it it makes sense, really. I mean, you get the three points. That's really all that should matter. Uh, whether we pass in first or second, you know, if, if you want to actually win that championship, you got to play against the best. Uh, you know, as much as we want to avoid like a Phoenix, uh, you are probably going to play against them eventually. And uh, you just got to really show, you know, that uh, we got a good team and we can actually beat them. So uh, understandably so on, on that end. Um, but one of the things that we've noticed in uh, most recent matches is that it seems to be that uh, the guys have uh, been more selective on like where they pick their shots. Uh, it, it's not really so much having a go at like the first uh, chance you get. Uh, is this something that has been a focus in training or w- what has been the focus in training? Uh? Uh, as far as shooting, the main focus in training is just hit the target. Um, obviously, the, the biggest focus is score goals. That's what everyone wants to do. Um, but aside from that, the biggest focus has been just really focusing in on hitting the target. I think uh, Coach mentioned that one of the biggest statistics of teams that win games is the team that has more shots on target. Um, the more shots you have on target, the more chances you give yourself to score goals, more pressure on the goalkeeper to make saves, um, more opportunity for a goalkeeper even to make a mistake, let a goal go in. So the main thing is just get our shots on target. Um, I don't think there hasn't been any emphasis on like shooting less or um, – you know, what type of shots to take. I think as long as we're taking shots, we'll be happy. We trust all of our attacking players um, to shoot from anywhere in and around the box. Um, so as far as that goes, no real limitation on where we should shoot. Just uh, maybe guys, if they don't think they can get it on target, they're maybe not shooting and maybe trying to cut the defender or lay it off to someone who's in a better position. Yeah, and we, we definitely saw that. I mean, especially... Uh, and the assist that you gave uh, to Cameron too, and and I think it's it's a really good focus, you know, to start maybe having more of that uh, teamwork ship. If you have an opportunity, maybe just assist if it seems like you know your uh, teammate will be able to finish it much better. And you know, uh, some of the top teams in the world that we see have that team uh, workmanship, and and that's really uh, something great to see with you guys as well. Pavilion, we're seeing two, essentially two new uh, players to the roster. Um, is the return of Shannon like having a new transfer or new player on the team, seeing he's been out for a year? And what is, uh, what is he bringing to training? And what can we expect from Shannon after this long layoff? Yeah, uh, I'd say it's better than getting a new transfer just because, one, he's been in and around us all season, so everyone knows him really well. Uh, a lot of us played with him last year and the year before that so again we know him really well also we know what he's capable of sometimes you bring in a new transfer and you've seen them with the previous team or in a previous situation and you never know how they'll do but 
Um, having played with Shannon, we know exactly what to expect. He's been training with us now for a month or two. So we've been able to see him and talk to him and hang out with him and also build a collective in training. Um, just expecting him to be really, really hard to beat in the back line. Um, use his speed to get forward, get crosses for us, um, be solid in the back line and just connect passes. And that's definitely things that he's capable of. And as he plays his way back into shape, um, which will definitely take him a couple games and, and we know that, and he's definitely good enough to do that. So as he gets those games under his belt and really builds up his confidence again and gets the minutes under his belt, um, I look forward to having another great defender that coach will have available and we'll be able to pick from. Yeah, it was really good to to see him come back. Uh, you know, that's, I don't know if you heard the press conference, but his, his story about finding out that coach uh, would be selecting him to come in as a sub and not really believing it at first. Uh, it was a, a really, you know, heartwarming story too. And, and just, you know, to see him and go through that injury that, I mean, no one wants to go through any injury, but let alone an injury like that. And so uh, it's, it's great to, to see him back uh, slowly recovering, but I think he will hopefully be in the starting 11, uh, maybe in like two or three matches, uh, hopefully here. Um, so today, you know, literally just hours ago, we found out, you know, Brady Scott is coming in uh, basically to cover the absence of Adam Grinwis. Uh, in your opinion, what does this addition bring to the team now that, you know, we're going to have a, Grinwis out for the rest of the season? Uh, first and foremost, just in training is huge to have, you know, another another goalkeeper to work with, to work on. Um, so it gives us a lot more um, ability to take shots. We've had Rafa and Diego now, but if they get tired in training, it's nice to add a third uh, goalkeeper in there. Um, so tired striking. taking shots at Colin? Yeah, it's, <laughs> can't be taking shots at Colin. Yeah. Um, it's too easy. It's unrealistic. It's not training. Um, so it, it gives us that aspect in, in practice, um, have another good goalkeeper in there, good shot stopper. Also, if we're working on finishing, we need great goalkeepers in goal. Uh, it also helps to have a different variety of goalkeepers because on the weekend, it's not like you see only Rafa type goalkeepers on the weekend, right? Every team has a different type of goalkeeper. So um, working against different goalkeepers helps a lot. And then just also having that that backup and that competition for a position is huge. Um, you know, now we have Rafa in goal, and he's, I think he's done fantastic. So to have someone who's going to come in and push him and support him and kind of be there just in case um, gives you peace of mind as well. For sure. Um so do you feel this winning run that we're on right now is kind of the, the creme de la creme of the progress the team has made? Or is this just what, what is expected? And is there more left in the tank for, for more winning? Oh, de uh, definitely just what's expected and there's more left in the tank. I think we've, we've won these games, but I don't think there's been a single game where we, we come off and are just like, Oh yeah, we played we played our best game. Um, it hasn't even been close. You know, we'll win games and we'll still come off the field thinking like we're better than this. Um, and I think that's super promising as long as uh, we're handling it in the right way and not getting down and negative on each other. Just looking at it and saying, "Hey, we got the job done. We got the three points, but here's more things we can build on." So next game, 
um, we can play a more complete game. We can score more goals, maybe not make it as difficult on ourselves um, to get the three points. But obviously it's good to win and there's good vibes and good feelings around the club because of that. But I don't think there's been one game where anyone's said, oh, yeah, that was our best game. We're we're where we need to be. Uh, there's still a lot of room for improvement, which is promising because we're winning games and still um, have room for improvement. Yeah, that's actually a, a really good mentality to have. Uh, I mean, playoffs are like pretty much right around the corner. Before we know it, we're going to be in, in that time of year. And, and it's always good to have a team, you know, that is ready for the playoffs. And, you know, that you guys realize the mistakes maybe that were made in a game and that you actually, you know, go through uh, a game and actually uh, find things that maybe you should correct and, and whatnot and and not just, you know, maybe let the win uh, pretty much uh, ignore that, you know, because sometimes it might be easy to just uh, win a game and then just not really think about mistakes that were made. And so uh, I'm really glad that you guys still uh, take like some time to like look at mistakes that were done, even though uh, you guys took the three points. So wanted to ask you, uh, for, for those of you who or for those of you who are listening that don't know, uh, BJ have actually uh, played a part of his youth career with Liverpool. And uh, so he is a, a Liverpool fan. And as we all know, they went through a 30-year drought where they, wouldn't be, they were just not able to win the EPL. But just recently they won it. Uh, what was that personal feeling knowing that they finally won the league after 30 years? Relieved, very excited for them, um, overjoyed, happy for everyone involved. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about the club, about my time there, about how I was treated, about the fans. Um, they're extremely loyal, extremely supportive. And for the team, uh, the management, the coach, the team to be able to put together that kind of season, that kind of performance – um, to not only win, but win pretty handedly um, just speaks a lot to the organization and what they're doing there. And I'm really, really happy to have even spent a few years of my career there. So just congratulations to them. I'm overjoyed. The fans deserve it. Enjoy it and come back next year, this year, actually, and try to do it again. You, you got to walk us through this, this Cameron Owasa <laughs> 50th goal. Now, if you watch the replay, there's something that Sharon brought up that she hasn't seen, and that was your pace. You got onto that ball as I don't know if you had a fire ant in your ankles, but you were flying, um, and you were able to create a good distance away from the defenders going towards that ball. And you got you got the assist, but we have to know. Would you credit your speed or did the play lend itself to you having an advantage over the defender? I mean, I would credit my speed, but not in that I'm fast or anything, just that I happen to be faster than that defender. Um, I do think I'm probably faster than that defender. Um, I don't think uh, we're going to say I have Shannon Gomez speed or anything like that, but um, I think just the through ball was perfectly placed. I happened to get on the inside of the defender. Um, I was faster than him in that moment. and that's kind of what helped the play open up. So the L2 uh, button, if you're playing PlayStation, really helped out on that one, huh? Yeah, just held it down. Did not let well, go. Walk us through that because, I mean, you had you had yourself a good chance if you were to continue on your own. 
did you happen to, you know, out of the corner of your eye, pick up Cam? Did you hear him and did you have faith in him to finish it? Or was it one of those things that was very unselfish on your part? What made you kind of give it up for the assist? Um, I heard him, definitely heard him calling for it. Figured he's probably wide open. Uh, Defender and goalkeeper are both committed to me. Um, Had I laid it off, I knew there's no way the defender and the goalkeeper are going to be able to do anything about it. Um, Also having in the back of my mind that he has that 50th goal. um, Just wanted him to get it, get over that hump. Sometimes uh, it's hard when you have a huge milestone like that and you want it so bad. Um, that I just wanted to kind of give it to him, help him get past it, so then he can now start scoring his next 50 goals and help our team win. Um, and then the other thing is I just wanted to win the game. I didn't really care how we did it um, as long as we're winning. Uh, I think we were we were up 1-0 at that point. So I think that was the second goal. So we were already up 1-0 in the half. I was thinking, here we go, 2-0. Let's just complete this goal and then move on from there. Um, I was really hoping we'd get six or seven in that game and that I'd get one back, but always next game. That's right. You'll get one back on the second. You've been on the podcast, so you're due two now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> next one, next one against D2. Well, yeah, I know that that was a, a really great, uh, again, you know, unselfish move from you. And, you know, hopefully we, we see more of those things happen throughout the season. Uh, hopefully next time it's Cameron giving you a pass. Um, but but it's, it's, it's just uh, something good because, you look at other teams sometimes, uh, even just around the world, and a lot of players, you know, they they get that selfishness in them, and they decide to just try and finish it off rather than you know secure it, give it to their teammate. And the fact that you looked out for your teammate, that you know that he was kind of going over like to, through a couple of games where he just couldn't score. You know, he he was close to scoring against T two, but ended up being an own goal. But um, I think it really helped him out a lot. And we saw him in the last game, you know, he scored his 51st goal. And, and I think, uh, I, I always said it week by week, uh, the moment Cameron scores that 50th, I think we're going to see the old Cameron again. Because I really do believe that when you get a goal scorer scoring again, they just get that streak again. Because they do get that confidence in them that they can score again. And, and they're not stuck in that uh, homemade mentality of like, am I able to score again? Especially, you know, when they go through uh, so many games. So that, that yeah. was uh, really good. Yeah, no, hopefully the floodgates open for him and then he'll just be scoring a lot more now. Yeah, especially the next game. Yeah, again, we, we have a good opportunity in, in the next game and hopefully that, that happens. Uh, so last time you were on the podcast, I mean, it was, it was really early on. I was actually listening to it earlier and uh, yeah, I couldn't believe our, our audio quality really uh, upgraded. But if anyone wants to check that out, uh, go all the way back. You might have to do a Please lot of scrolling, don't. but <laughs> Please don't go back. Go back for Billion. Don't go back for us. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's for Billion. Yeah. You can ignore our part uh, or towards the end of the show. Um, but one of the things that we did add uh, a little bit after we interviewed you were the rapid fire questions. Uh, you know, we ask, uh, we have 10 questions. Uh, you don't know what the next question will be. You can only skip twice. And uh, we ask questions really not just related to soccer, we have some other uh, hobby questions you could say. And, and so uh, that's, that's how we, we do with our interviews. So are you ready for that? I'm ready. Is it like a one word answer? Type just thing, quick, or? right off the top of your head. First thing that comes, you'll hear a first question, thing, yeah. first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Let's do it. 
Perfect. You get, you're going to get 10. You can skip two, but I don't think you're going to skip any. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, so t- today's uh, rapid fire questions are brought to you by the Cal Storm. Uh, check out our partners, California Storm, that are now sponsored by Puma. You can find them at calstormsoccer.com or on social media, calstormsoccer on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at California Storm. Please check them out. They have new jerseys, so go go buy yourself uh, one of their new jerseys or both and also customize it because it's it's actually uh, really cool. So please check it out again on their website or at Combat Soccer if you are in the area as well. So let's start with the first question. You told us last time that you're a big anime fan. So we thought we'd ask, which anime would you choose, DBZ or Naruto? Naruto. Most embarrassing soccer moment. Um, I guess missing a breakaway. If you were called up to the senior national team, would you choose the U.S. or Bulgaria? <sighs> Skip. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, that, that, that's getting political almost. Like, well, not, no, it's, it's, it's just where, 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 your, where your line sits. Whose crest are you kissing, right? That's, <laughs> that's kind of the idea. But that's all right. I'll take it's it. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I'm the same way with Mexico and in the U.S. too. Like, it, I'd have a hard time uh, deciding to, even if John might not believe that. Yeah. Hey, you could ask me <laughs> Scotland or U.S. I'd, I'd still go Scotland, but that's okay. Pokemon Go or Apex? Apex. Favorite sushi at Mikuni's? Uh, Rainbow Roll. Simple. Where's Messi going? Man City. What was that one player that you admired when you first started playing? Berbatov. Favorite boots? Uh, CTRs. CTR 360 Nike. Cool. What is your uh, go-to restaurant in Sacramento? I would say Makuni. I don't know. Depends for what pregame meals, paisanos, just like nice food. I like Makuni. Um, yeah. How about an, an after win meal? Uh, leather bees. Leather bees after a win. Pregame, probably Jack Urban Eats. If you could pick four players from any time, any place in the world that you would want to play with, who would the four be? Ronaldinho. Uh, Ronaldo, not Cristiano, De Lima, Ronaldo, Berbatov, Stevie G. I think that'd be a pretty killer attack right there. You're not playing defense, that's for sure. I don't know. Well, you have four defenders too. True. So let's move into our uh, last call segment. Uh, we just got two more questions here to ask you, and uh, we'll let you go off and uh, rest since we know you got practice uh, early tomorrow. So. Thank you, thank you. First off, uh, we wanted to ask, there's a question that we ask all of our, um, all the people that we interview. Uh, what does community mean to you? Community means people coming together as a collective for human flourishing, I would say. Okay. It's easy, easy answer right there, flourishing. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to say to all the fans who can't wait for the day until games are public again? I'll tell you, I can't wait either. <laughs> I've definitely found out that I'm uh, more, I can't remember if it's a sympathetic nervous system or parasympathetic nervous system. I'm more of a parasympathetic person that I'm calm. 
Um, I'm definitely more relaxed, more laid back. So having the fans, especially in home games, really drives me and gives me that energy mm-hmm. and really balances out my like mellow demeanor. And I think that helps me to play a lot better. Um, so now with not having any fans, I've um, just found different ways that I've had to kind of really motivate myself and energize myself, um, taking some, you know, um, drinking some uh, caffeine um, pre-workout things before games and stuff like that to really give myself that boost that I didn't really need before because I really um, derived it from the fans. So I would just tell you guys, man, I can't wait to have you guys back either because uh, I have a newfound um, respect for the fans and what you give me and along with other players, you, you really help give us an energy that's not there when the fans aren't in the stands. Yeah, and uh, I'm a I'm a big believer that if we as fans would have actually been there in these past home games, I think we actually score more goals in these games, and I think we would have been winning the games more uh, than uh, the scoreline shows at the moment too. So I think that might be one of the reasons why, because the Republic's always been used to always having that fan energy, uh, unlike maybe other teams that might not be as used to having all that many fans in the stand. So it's, you know, nothing really too different uh, for them, but for us, you know, we, we've always had that. And, and so here's hoping that, you know, we're able to be back in the stands and the playoffs, hopefully, but I mean, things are looking like it won't be till next year, but either way, you guys are, are still able to get those three points. And, uh, you know, it'll only be a matter of time here um, until we are able to be back there and, and hopefully, again, it happens soon. Well, Billion, I uh, wanted to thank you for being on the podcast for a third time. Uh, again, good luck this season. I know we're going to make the playoffs. You know, good luck uh, beyond that. And hopefully, the podcast magic actually continues and uh, you're able to net some goals against T2 here in a couple of weeks. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And if, if the podcast magic continues, then we're going to have to make this a, a weekly thing. Unfortunately, no one else is going to be allowed to be on the podcast <laughs> if, it, if the magic keeps working. That's right. We'll have the, the weekly uh, Villains, uh, Villain show. The update, yeah. Weekly Villain update. update. There we go. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Get some rest. Uh, training starts in uh, less than 12 hours. So uh, get, those, yeah. get that rest and uh, we'll see you soon. Will do. Thank you guys so much. Have a great evening. All right. Cheers, thank man. You. you too. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Villian was brought to you by the Makuni Dreamline. Check them out today at makunisushi.com or their app that you can find on Google Play and the App Store. Remember, most locations right now are not open for dine-in, but still you can put your order in using the Makuni app and get your favorite sushi rolls today. Check them out at makunisushi.com. Man, do we have uh, some news that came out. So, uh, you know, with the return of Shannon Gomez, as we just discussed with Villian, is like a new transfer, but an old transfer, somebody who comes back and is ready to go, spend a lot of time with the team. But we do have a new addition in Brady Scott. He was uh, signed on to Nashville, the Nashville Soccer Club. He'll be with the Republic from tw- for the rest of this season while Adam – um, recovers from his uh, knee surgery. Luis, what can you tell us about the newcomer Brady Scott, who's joining us from Nashville? 
He's a interesting goalkeeper. Uh, so you know, just to give you guys the facts, uh, he's a local guy c- coming to us from uh, Bay Area, Petaluma, California. Uh, John, I think, is, is familiar with that area. It's not too far from uh, Walnut Creek. Uh, so he actually spent three years with FC Köln in uh, Bundesliga. I probably said Köln wrong. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, but he, he made actually 29 appearances with their second team. And among those, he actually got five shutouts. He also played three times with their U19. And uh, two of those three times were actually shutouts. So uh, excellent to see a goalkeeper that has some shutouts. And also great to see him have so many appearances with the European side. I think that brings us a lot of good experience uh, to the club. Uh, as far as uh, international uh, national team experience, he actually played with the U.S. under-20 squad in 2018, uh, same squad who actually won the CONCACAF championship. Uh, so really big feature there too. And in that same tournament, he earned the Golden Glove and was also included in the best 11 of the tournament. And one big note is that he actually only allowed two goals in six matches in that tournament. And among those matches was actually a final match against Mexico, which I also had a shutout. So speaks volumes of a goalkeeper because he was able to handle best of the best in CONCACAF, ultimately to the final against Mexico and uh, help the team uh, secure that victory too. So interesting. Uh, He might be on the bench against T2 as you know, he is going to be uh, getting integrated in training here shortly. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, when he'll come in. If Rafa starts to have a couple of matches where he's not doing as great, then at least we have that confidence that we have a goalkeeper that has all this really great international experience. But it'll be interesting. It is going to be a good competition for Rafa. It's it's going to make sure that the goalkeeper position maintains that competitiveness. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll see if, if we do see him this season, which I'm kind of excited, you know, to see him out there with the Republic. But at the same time, Rafa Diaz is having a good season too. So it's it's one of those things where you want to see both goalkeepers. But as we all know, you can only see one. And there are no friendly games that we'll be playing uh, for the remainder of the season. So. We won't be able to see him there. We don't have any Open Cup games, so we can't see him there either, too. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to see him this season, but we'll see. I'll say this. This is not a short-term move, I, I don't think, by the Republic. Um, Greenwich, from what I recall back in January when he signed, was that he was signing for a one-year contract. That contract's going to end up here pretty soon. Brady Scott could be the new uh, cone for all we know. And then he comes in and he's a transfer or he's a loan who does exceptional things and is sold off later or even purchased later. Once uh, the Republic gets to MLS, he's a young guy um, who has a lot of opportunities, 21 years old. I mean, he's 5'11", 172 pounds. He's got good, good range, good reach. He's played the game at a high level playing for Colm too um, in the Bundesliga, um, actually the Bundesliga second division, playing in many matches uh, last year, 11 matches, 
really doing a good job. Again, played for the national team, knows the landscape of the land here in Northern California. I think this is, uh, this is, it might seem like a short-term move for the Republic, but I actually think this might be a longer, longer term move in that this is somebody who might come in, learn the ropes a little bit of, of the community, learn the ropes of the club, the culture, and then potentially sign from Nashville um, once the Republic gets to MLS. I could be completely wrong. I would love to see this. I think this is a great step forward, a young goalkeeper who's got European experience who can come in and make a difference right away. So, or potentially come in and make a difference right away. So we'll see. I still think Diaz deserves to hold on to that number one spot for the time being, but you know, one bad half, one bad game um, isn't going to, you know, automatically get Brady in there. Two games. Yes. A game and a half. Yes. But uh, it definitely makes uh, Diaz work a little harder. It, gives the guys something new to look at a new, um, a new keeper to play against that brings a different element in training. So it's kind of exciting for everybody. It's like a new car, right? Family, the kids love the minivan. Dad wants the Mustang. Uh, Mom just wants to everybody be safe. Well, this is a safe move that the kids get a new minivan and dad gets his Corvette, a brand new shiny toy to uh, shoot against. Right? So everybody wins in this scenario. Hopefully Brady uh, comes in and, and does some good things for us. Yeah, he, he's definitely promising. Uh, I mean, I really do hope that they are able to extend that loan at least uh, till uh, next year. And so hopefully, you know, we'd be able to see him in friendlies, in the Open Cup, uh, maybe again in the USL. But it would be interesting to see that because this is a goalkeeper that, as you very well said, he is only 21 years old. This could be your main goalkeeper when you join MLS. And this might very well be why they actually chose to have him uh, come out on a loan to essentially try out, see if it works for him, uh, see if he feels like he's at home with the team. And if that is the case, then you got yourself a goalkeeper that could be in that starting role. So definitely exciting to see that. Hopefully that ends up being the story. And, you know, three years from now, we are seeing him in MLS with the team, uh, with this, uh, I guess, with this really sad but happy for him story where, you know, our main goalkeeper gets injured. He comes to Sacramento because of that and mainly because of that, really. And, you know, he ends up being in the team in MLS in that first season. So, We'll see what the team does. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think that they are going to extend the loan because I couldn't see them just getting a player on loan for just a couple of games, especially a goalkeeper that seems to be really promising and has all these accolades already at just 21 years old. Like That's really impressive for a 21-year-old to already be able to say that. He played in Europe. He won a CONCACAF championship with his uh, under-20 national team. And he got a shutout basically for most of the tournament. I mean, he only allowed two goals. So that's really impressing. Yeah, we'll see. And, and in some other news today, along with the uh, loan of Brady Scott, we also saw the game against Orange County rescheduled. That game will now take place Wednesday, September 9th at PMP. 
Stay tuned for more details to come. But that game uh, that we had a few weeks back canceled due to the COVID issues um, is back on for September the 9th. Now, what that does is it does kind of create some um, some backup in the schedule with Sacramento Republic playing a game that they hadn't anticipated and weren't ready for. That game now, um, you know, I think it doesn't really hurt. It gives them legs, but it does put them three days away from their next match against um, Reno at home. So they'll play Portland on the second. They'll play Orange County on the 9th, and then Saturday the 12th, they go against Reno. Now, that game on the 9th has been timed. It is a 7.30 kickoff. But instead of having your 10-day rest that you would between Portland Timbers 2 on the 2nd and the Saturday, September 12th against um, Reno, you now play a midweek game. It kind of creates some some you know, log jamming and coaches thinking who set, who gets rested against the Timbers, who doesn't get rested against the Timbers, who rests against uh, Orange County, who doesn't rest because your big matchup is going to be that Saturday, the 12th game with uh, Reno because you're level on points. You'll actually be level on games at that point. So you've got to go out. You've got to compete. You've got to win you know, these next three matches, but with that game now smack dab in the middle, you got to play your cards, right? Hopefully coach is ready to play some cards because it's going to be a, it's going to be a chaotic few days. Yeah, it is going to be really chaotic. Uh, I I think the good thing is that both games are going to be at home. They won't be traveling as much. Uh, Truth. They have three, three days to to get back uh, and level, you know, to play against Reno. But I think Playing it off a different twist, I think that the players are going to be more active. Reno, yeah, sure, they're going to be uh, just training during the week, but our players are going to be more match fit, hopefully, being that they just you know played three days ago. Uh, but both games are going to be really competitive. Uh, both teams are, are really strong. And if the right score happens on Saturday between Reno and Phoenix, which we would all assume a Phoenix victory, but... You never know what might happen, but if that does happen, then you are probably looking at that Sacramento-Reno game as potentially being a game where both teams are tied in points, same matches played. Essentially, that's basically the the game that determines who is first and second. And true, they do play again. It's not the only time that we all see Reno again. Uh, we do see him again uh, later on in September. But, again, this game could really establish a lot of what happens in the group. Uh, so it's going to be an intense couple of games, uh, especially after the team having so, ma- so many days off between now and September 2nd where, when we go to Portland to play over there. But we'll see. I, I think the, the team is going to be inspired, especially if we beat uh, Timbers 2 again. Uh, It'll be an interesting scenario too. And like I said earlier in the show, uh, hopefully we see our uh, our team member uh, of the Sacton FC podcast of uh, our Soccer Pulse uh, column, uh, Seth Kasipli. Hopefully we see him back. I haven't checked on him to see if he would be back for that game, but it, it would be uh, interesting to, to see him out there. And we'll definitely have him uh, 
on the show live uh, if we do a live reaction video after the game on there too. So stay tuned for that. And uh, again, hopefully we were able to say we got the win of that game. But uh, it's going to be an interesting run of games because most of the games, again, that we have are at home. Uh, most of the games we have remaining too. So uh, not too much traveling there. I mean, we, we travel to Portland for the next game. Then other than that, towards the end of the month, we, we have two away games at Reno, at Tacoma. Uh, so it's not looking too bad. I mean, if we look at the schedule now, uh, we have seven games remaining. Your last two games are against Tacoma, and your last game is against the weakest team of the group, Timbers 2. At that point, it'll be our fourth match uh, against them. Uh, team is hopefully, you know, learning from all these mistakes that have been made against T2. And hopefully for that last game, we correct all those. We get those uh, three points as uh, is always expected against a, a team that hasn't actually won and everyone scores against. And uh, we'll see. But I think that's something that should motivate the players is that last two games, you don't see a Reno, you don't see a Phoenix, uh, an Orange County it's a little bit more manageable, whereas Reno has other teams that might be a little more complicated. So we'll see what happens towards then. But I think things are looking pretty good, uh, at least in, in the last two games of the season. Reno has has a walk away with the exception of the game this Saturday against Phoenix. They play Portland, us, Tacoma, Portland, us, Vegas, Tacoma. So they've got kind of a, a walk in the park minus that game against Phoenix. They have a seven-day layoff between their game against Portland and when they play us on the 12th. That's it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully uh, the boys are ready. Again, it's going to take some. Uh, it's going to take some energy. It's going to take some uh, some willpower. So hopefully they'll uh, they'll make the most out of this. So if you guys uh, don't follow us yet on social media, uh, we'd like to invite you to follow us. Uh, on Facebook, you can find us under Sacktown FC Podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, Sacramento Soccer Fans. Uh, so check that out. Uh, feel free to join the group. Share anything you want related to soccer. Uh, we, we talk about uh, anything Sacramento soccer, anything going on internationally with other uh, clubs around the world. And uh, so we share anything going on also in the community as well. So please check that out and uh, join our group. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. On uh, both of them, we are at SacktownFC. So please check that out. Give us a follow. Um, in addition to just this podcast, we also have our online shows uh, that you can find on our Facebook, Twitter, and also on YouTube. Uh, those online shows that we have are Our Cup of Tea, which is also a podcast in its own, uh, it's our weekly show about women's soccer uh, all around the world. Um, and that show, you can actually watch it every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, uh, live on Facebook on the Sacktown FC page. And on Twitter, it's at their Twitter page, which is r underscore cup underscore of underscore t. Uh, you can find that there. Um, also, we do our weekly uh Mexican Soccer League uh, show, which is in Spanish, called uh, Pasión Mekis, uh, also a podcast. You can listen to that or watch it 
uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So please check that out. Uh, and then we also do the Sacramento Soccer Show, and times kind of vary on that one each week, but uh, you can check out our social media to see when uh, we'll be doing another show uh, right there, which might be next week, uh, especially now that we are going to have a, a good time off uh, without seeing Sacramento for a while. So that's all we have for today's episode. A special thanks to Villian Bijev and our community of awesome people for taking the time to listen to us each and every week and watching all of our shows. Luis and I started this as a hobby uh, to give you guys more coverage about the Republic, and it's turned into much, much more. And we couldn't have done it without the amazing support of each and every one of you who have tuned in. And to that, we say cheers and thank you. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.